you will. And we're going to sing 514. 514. tell me what Zion is. It's a mountain. Very good. Let me know what Zion is. That's why we ask these things. <laughs> Zion is another name for the city of Jerusalem. Usually it is associated with the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem comes out of heaven. That's part of the new heaven and the new earth. How many of y'all are going to heaven today? And we're marching to Zion to do it. So amen. It's good for us to know. You know, a lot of times we sing these songs, don't even know what they mean. Amen. But uh, it just uh, think about those wonderful truths. We're going to sing number 448. 448. And if you can, let's all stand. Let's all stand. Thank you. 
question. What's hallelujah mean? Praise ye the Lord. It's a command. When you're saying hallelujah, you're saying to other people, praise the Lord with me. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. How many of y'all say it with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Very good. All right. Brother Brandon, if you would open us in prayer. Amen. Please do be seated. Well, I'm glad that you all are here. We uh, shared some praises, had a good day yesterday, a good teen activity, a good parade, and uh, and uh, Brother Richard's uh, truck took uh, first place in his division yesterday, and so that was kind of neat, carrying around a trophy, and, and so anyhow, got to hand out a lot of gospel tracts. Can I ask you this, guys? We weren't just trying to give out candy. We were trying to get the gospel into the hands of people who needed it. Could you do me a favor? Let's accompany those tracks with prayers. Would you ask the Lord to bless those? And, and uh, whether they get saved here or somewhere else, we just want to get saved. Amen. Greatest gift you can get at Christmas is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So please do be in prayer with that. Do be in prayer for us this afternoon. They're going to be having a uh, youth activity, and uh, we're going to do some caroling, so we're going to be driving, and, and, and so pray for our safety there. Pray for a blessed time of fellowship, and also for it to be a blessing to those uh, to whom we get the opportunity to minister. Please do remember um, that next week is uh, going to be our Christmas service, if you will. And uh, it's going to be a fellowship Sunday. Uh, I know personally of at least two large families who are going to be here with us, so it might be kind of packed. And so come and get your front seat early. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it, it might be a full place. So let's come. Let's bring some food. Let's enjoy some good fellowship. Might be a little bit different this year just because of so much sickness and so much absenteeism. We just didn't have as much special music. But we still have time to add it if you'd like to, to do something, so please do let me know. And uh, we'll get that covered and, and added to the program for next week. But uh, am I forgetting anything? You're special. Oh, that's right. I got you doing the refrain from singing. <laughs> no, we got yours added, Reese. <laughs> All right, anybody else? All right, we're going to receive our morning tithes and offerings if our men will come to receive them. Brother Wade, would you ask the Lord's blessing, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful for the beautiful sun you gave this morning, Lord. And we just want to thank you for the opportunity to be able to spread your word yesterday during the parade, Lord. And we just pray for those who receive those tracks, Lord, that we can open our hearts and minds. Yes, Lord. Lord, we just pray for Pastor Dan. He teaches your word, Lord. Lord, pray for all those who are sick, can't be here, just be with them, Lord, and just touch them. <clears throat> pray for all those who are traveling. Pray for the youth activities today, Lord. Like Pastor said, just be with us as we travel to sing your praises, Lord. And just pray for Israel. Yes. Lord, just, uh, just so thankful for everything you do for us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Turn to number 506 now, 506.
On Sunday morning, we've been uh, looking at some unexpected people who were at the birth of Jesus or were given warning of, of, of a great event to come, if you will. And as I was thinking about that, I, I often think at this time of year about Mary. Can you all uh, imagine what was going through that young woman's mind? when she was approached with this wonderful blessing from God. And uh, she, no doubt in her mind, probably was the last person on earth, you know. Have you guys ever wondered, why me? And usually we think of that in a bad context. We think, why me, you know, because some terrible thing has happened or some hard thing has come to our life. But, you know, sometimes it's good to think on the positive side of that, why me? Why did God save me and not my best friend? Why did God save me and not my brother or sister? Why did God save me and not the, you know, the, the good kid down the street? And I would, I, I would tell you this, it, it, it ought to fill our hearts with wonder just thinking about why me. Amen. And she certainly had to think those things, I would think. You know, I, I, I don't know, and we'll talk a little bit about it here. But... Um, in so many ways, she was a remarkable young lady, and in other ways, she was just like anybody else, amen. And so I just kind of want to look at Mary here this morning. Uh, the world has done her great disservice, amen, but she is a, a woman to be honored. Uh, a number of years ago, when my daughter was born, I, I know exactly how many years ago this was, it was 19 years ago. I really, I really, really wanted to name Abigail Mary, but I'll challenge you to name a daughter Mary and give her a middle name and just have it not sound uh, rather religious. <laughs> and so <laughs> her name is Abigail, which means my father's joy. They, they presented that to me, and I said, I like that, my father's joy, that's good. And uh, Marie, we, we went instead of Mary, it was Abigail Marie, and so that's her name. But part of the reason that she was named that is, is all my daughters were named, all my children were named after Bible personalities that were especially special to me at the time of their birth, okay? And so you could just look through my children's names and see who I was studying at the time, amen? But uh, if you will, go to Matthew chapter 1, please. Matthew chapter 1. We'll look at verse 18. It's that one right there. There you go. Thank you, sir. Um, in verse 18, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now, just by way of explanation today, it just seems like I'm in the mood to explain things. The Bible says that she was espoused. In a sense, their term was married, espoused. We, a lot of people want to say engaged. It was far more than an engagement. Back then, if you will, a, a man who would have the means and the ability to get married and quite often it took a man much longer to get those means put together. And so Joseph was actually quite a bit older than Mary. Mary was arguably probably a teenager, probably a middle teenager. Uh, and, um, and Joseph was arguably probably in his 40s, maybe even as, as high as his 50s, probably his 40s, I would say. 
And, uh, and the reason is, is because to get married, he had to have a home. He had to have a job. He had to have an occupation. And by the way, whenever I define a man ready for marriage, those are my definitions. They got to have their education. They got to have a job. They got to have a house. And then they can start thinking about getting married. Now, that might be my opinion, but can I just tell you this? I got it on good Bible authority. I ain't moving on. I'll preach a whole different message if you don't amen louder than that. I, I Listen, dating does a lot of damage. They were espoused, and this was courtship, if you will, and this is the way that it was to be done, and that's why it was such a violation when she was found with child. Because even though they had not consummated the marriage, this would have been a tremendous violation. She would have been guilty of adultery, okay? And so, if you will, that's what that means in verse 18. Verse 19, the Bible says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. He loved her. He, he wasn't going to make her a public example, but he couldn't be married to her because of the, the breaking of the vows, if you will. The Bible says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. This text really could be about Joseph, amen? And, uh, but what a wonderful picture. And Joseph, honestly, is one of my favorite people in the whole Bible. But uh, we'll save his story for another day. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege to take and to assemble, to sing your praises. We thank you that we could think about heaven today, Lord. And we just uh, pray for your soon coming. Father, we live in a, a world of toil and difficulty, hardships. But Father, we know this that we are on the winning team. Father, we know that you are coming soon. And Father, we know that uh, we're living in a day of no doubt of great apostasy, falling away from the truths that there is one God and you're him. Father, we just pray that we might be faithful, that we might be looking. And Father, if there's one here that does not know you, Father, I pray that today would be a day of salvation. Help us to look around, not just here at church, but Father, in the world in which we live. And help us to see those who have no hope. And Father, those who have no hope can take some very, very wrong avenues. Father, we pray that they might be able to be pointed to you by us, that we would make a difference. Father, be with those who are apart from us. You know every need. And we'll ask this now in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You know, Mary, she was the fulfillment of very much prophecy. Look what it says in verse 22. The Bible says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. You know, the Bible, if you will, she was the fulfillment of all kinds of prophecies. Now, I, I know this, that um, even in the life of Jesus, they say that on the day of his crucifixion, he fulfilled 33 different prophecies. By the way, when he was, in a sense, out of control, uh, but having said that, you might want to remember he dismissed his spirit. <laughs> no man takes my life from me. I offer it up, and, and if you will, he was in control until the very end. But I will say this, that uh, uh, there were many other uh, prophecies, some 300 plus, uh, mid, middle 300s, of who Jesus Christ has to be. Now, if you were to flip a coin, what's the odds that it's going to be heads on one flip? 50-50. What's the odds that it's going to be heads on two flips? See how good you are at math. What's half of 50? 25, okay. What's the odds that it's going to be heads on three straight flips? Now we'll see how good you are at math. Twelve and a half. There you go. <laughs> you want me to keep going or should I give up on it now? All right. Now, here's the whole thing. 
What that means is, it, just in the simplest of terms, I could, I, could give you, I could give you an illustration and, and bore you with detail. I'm not going to do that. But every time a prophecy was made, it could either be fulfilled or not fulfilled. Y'all understand that? It could either be heads or tails. Amen? And so if you flip that coin 350 times, how many of y'all think that might be a pretty small number? <laughs> okay? It's a very small number in the sense that when God says, I'm going to raise up a seed and he's going to defeat Satan and his seed, if you will, and, 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 and all the promises that were given concerning Jesus Christ, it, it was nailed down to a very specific place, time, person, so that, if you will, of all the humans, of all time, God knew Mary was the one. And, of course, she produced, if you will, Jesus Christ, who was the fulfillment of all those prophecies. Mary had her part in that. Amen. And, by the way, how many of you all know this, that God knew our name before the foundation of the world? You know how I know that? Because he wrote a book and put your name in it before the foundation of the world. You know how I know that? Because he sent a son, a savior, a lamb, slain. What's the Bible say in Revelation? Before the foundation of the world. If you will, he knew there was going to be a need. He knew who was going to need them. He knew how he was going to provide. Amen. And if the lamb was slain, then the lamb was provided for before the foundation of the world. And when the time came, God, of course, went, now she's been born. Now is the time. And, and, and now, if you will, is, it wasn't a surprise to him. You know why? Because it all had enfolded exactly like he knew it would. And when other people are flipping coins... God was saying, the plan, you all understand? Right, but Mary had to sit there and go, me? Me? Folks, get a hold of this. She was the fulfillment of just so much prophecy, amen? She was the fulfillment, if you will, of that Isaiah prophecy that we just read, amen? She was the fulfillment, and here, I want you to go back and see this. She was the fulfillment that Eve hoped to be the fulfiller of, if you will. Go back to Genesis chapter 3. We, we saw that prophecy made in verse 15. But now go to chapter 4 and look at verse 1. Uh, I, could, I could spend a, a little bit of time here, but notice the words carefully here, okay? And Adam knew his wife Eve... And she conceived and bare Cain and said, okay, who's speaking here? Eve, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Literally, it says, I've gotten a man, the Lord, okay? But from the Lord is, is, is right, okay? My whole point is this, is she has said, well, what man is she looking for? Folks, she's looking for that seed. In, and she's saying, I've gotten him, I've gotten him, I've gotten him. Who was the most disappointed person when the news got out that Cain had killed Abel? Now, she probably had her suspicions before that. How many of y'all think? Is this the one? Is this the one? Is this the one? You remember even a good man like John the Baptist, you know, uh, you got to know these things by faith. Come on. There is no proof. God, if you just prove yourself to me, I'll believe. How can you believe in something which has been proved? You guys understand? Seeing is not believing. Believing is believing. Amen? If you will, whenever she conceived and gave birth to Cain, she says, there's the fulfillment. He's the one who's going to make it so I can go back into paradise, so that I can get back into the presence of my God. Amen? Why? Because she understood that prophecy. Amen? Notice what the Bible says in verse 25 of chapter 4. We know this, that... Uh, that uh, Cain, of course, fell because of his sin. Uh, by the way, part of his problem is he was already born a sinner. Amen. See, he wasn't created in the image of likeness of God. He was created in the image and likeness of Adam. He was already born a sinner, so he sinned. Why do we sin? Because we're sinners. We don't sin and become a sinner. We are sinners, therefore we sin. Amen. Okay, these things are all important. Verse 25, and Adam knew his wife again. Okay, and the Bible says, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said she had appointed me, saying, say the word, another what? Seed. Instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. 
You see, she was, she was always hoping, hoping. She, when Cain was born, that's the one. And then she saw Cain growing up and went, ah. So maybe she said, oh, well, maybe it's Abel. Ah, no, it wasn't Abel. Then when Seth was born, it's Seth. Seth is the one. Folks, my whole point is this, is faithful women from Eve down have been saying, maybe I'll be the one. Maybe I'll be the one. And I wonder when it turned from maybe I'll be the one to people just totally forgot about it. Somebody help me here. What happened on September 11th, 2001? What, what happened? What happened? I didn't call on you. <laughs> How many of y'all remember what happened on 2001? Some of y'all are liar, liar, pants on fire. Thank you. How many of y'all will never forget it? Somebody said that COVID-19 in 2020 was this generation's towers. By the way, what was it before the towers? Where were you when... Kennedy was shot was the big one for some of us, Reagan. How many of y'all remember where you were when Kennedy was shot? Three people, four people. I got my hand up because I remember I was all of 11 months old. <laughs> I was alive, but I'm sure I don't remember. How many of y'all remember what happened on December 7th, 1940? No, I said, how many of y'all remember where you were? <laughs> how, how many of y'all know what happened on that day? Um, I'm, I'm, all this will be for a point. How many of y'all remember when a flag at half-staff meant something. We drive past flags all the time. We'll be at half-staff now, and, and she'll look at me and say, what's that at half-staff for now? I say, I have no idea. I have no idea. See, it would only be on half-staff if the president died, maybe if the governor died, your senator, somebody like that, or on December the 7th. And everybody go, I know what it's at half-staff for today. Uh, my whole point is this, is isn't it amazing how that life and time makes it so that even something as significant as flag at half-staff becomes meaningless? And folks, there are thousands of years down the road from that promise, I will send a seed. And all the ladies going, maybe I'll give birth to the one, and maybe I'll give birth to the one, to the point where people didn't even think about it. And one day an angel comes to, to Mary, and we'll look at this here, blessed, you know, that woman of God. Well, I'll give you the real words here in a second. And you know what her first response had to be? I don't think it's recorded here. But, I mean, it is recorded. But her first thought would be, go, what are you even talking about? <laughs> or who, me? Amen? Because time and distance, but please take this the right way. God never forgot his promise. Aren't you glad that God doesn't forget his promises? If he said it, he's going to fulfill it. He's going to complete it. And even though it's lost impact on you because of distance and time and memory, or maybe you just never even knew about it. I, I, I tried to make the point about 9-11 on purpose, guys, because a lot of things that shaped our lives, these young people don't even know about. I mean, they read about it in a history book. But how many of you all know this? There's a big difference between seeing... Well, and living through what happened on December 7th, 1941, and what happened on September 11th, 2001, and reading it in a book. It's a big difference, a big level of, of anticipation difference, okay? What we see here, go, to, go, if you will, to Genesis chapter 16, look at verse uh, 1, Genesis 16, verse 1. <laughs> 
what we see is, is examples of women in the Old Testament, and I'll name them, but Sarai, who became Sarah, Rachel, and Hannah, they were all distraught because they were unable to have the chance to fulfill this promise. In Genesis chapter 16 and verse 1, the Bible talks about Sarai. The Bible says, Now Sarai, Abraham's, Abram's wife, excuse me, bare him no children, and she had in handmaid an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened unto the voice of Sarai. Folks, get a hold of this. How hard would it be to hand your husband over to another woman? Make her your wife. Maybe she'll be able to fulfill the promise of a child. Why, she was desperate to have a child. And by the way, in that culture, somebody could have a child on their, they would call it on their knee, on the knees, okay, if you will. And literally saying this, you're having that child for me. You know, we, we've had surrogate mothers uh, in, in our lifetime. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about here. And, and if you will, they've had a form of that throughout human history. I want a family. I want somebody with my name. And, 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 and she was so desperate to have this son of promise. Amen. By the way, a son of promise that would fulfill the seed promise, the Christ promise. Amen, if you will. And she said, I can't, so we got to do something to make it happen. By the way, God says, you don't have to help me with my promises. <laughs> Praise God for that. Amen. I'll I'll take care of my promises. Amen. Go to Luke, uh, uh, just for sake of time. Luke chapter 1 again. Look at verse 27 again. Oh, we haven't been to Luke yet. Excuse me. Luke chapter 1, verse 27. The Bible says this. It says, uh, To a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there shall be no end. And, angel, and Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? It's impossible. How in the world can this be? I tell you why. Please get a hold of this. If God makes a promise, God fulfills his promise. Praise God. Amen. You know, Satan did all that he could to stop this. You ever think about this? Why was Satan so extreme in some of the things that he did? Think about this when he killed all the males in Egypt. Who was he trying to kill? He was trying to kill that Messiah. He was trying to kill the promise of the Christ. He was trying to kill the ability. And so, by the way, uh, you don't need to know this, but the guy who came up with the quarter flipping thing was a guy named Claude Shannon. He got the Nobel Prize or some mathematic prize for it, okay? The 50-50-50. And please take this the right way. The odds of actually flipping some of those things is not 50-50. It's like one of a thousand times one of a thousand times one of a thousand times whatever. And my whole point is this, the improbability of something. And they could have been so far removed and said, God, there's no way that you can fulfill your promise now. But folks, even if God only left one alive, the line was still good. The line was still good. The line was still good. Amen. And he said, you can kill them all, okay? But you're going to kill the wrong one, okay? If you will, Satan tried to kill all the males in Egypt. He tried to kill Judah and Tamar. Remember (coughs) Judah? Uh, Listen, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of... And so Judah had two sons, and they were wicked, and God killed them. And then they had what was called leveret marriage, meaning this, that one of the younger brothers could take and take his brother's wife and raise up children unto his brother, amen? And, uh, And then that way there would be a legitimate heir, and God says, I got it cut off. I got it cut off. Judah, his son's son, the promised... The, the promise line, son number one, dead. Son, son number two, dead. Son number three, not given to Tamar to wife. I've cut the line off. He can't be born. 
And folks, in an act of immorality, Judah became the parent of his own grandchild. Now please take this the right way. You didn't say that was born of immorality. It might have been, but you know what it also did? Well, number one, it shows that we have a gracious God. And number two, it kept the line alive. And Satan said, <laughs> I got you, I got you, I got you. And God says, Satan, when are you going to get it? I'm more powerful than you. And I am going to fulfill my promises. You can kill the, you can kill the boys in Egypt. You can take and try to eliminate the line of Judah. You can even try to take and uh, eliminate the, the line of all the kings. Go to 2 Kings chapter 11. Look at verse 1. 2 Kings 11, 1. Second Kings eleven one. The Bible says, And when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal. You know what she did? She killed all the sons in the line of David. Unless you keep reading and find out that there was one left. There was one baby left. There was one baby left. My, my whole point is this, is folks, can, can you think about this? By the way, what happened when Jesus was born? Did Herod kill some people too? And who was he trying to wipe out? He was trying to wipe out the lion, the line of the line of the tribe of Judah. Folks, get a hold of this. The whole world had forgotten. But Satan and God hadn't forgotten. And if you will, whenever this angel comes to announce and talks to Mary and behold, you're the one. You're the one. She had to be going, what in the world? I've heard about this. I'm not sure about this. Uh, folks, get a hold of this. Have any of y'all ever been in the position where you're just not sure God can keep his word for you in this situation? <coughs> well, folks, please take this the right way. God can and God will keep his word. Amen. I want you to think about this. Mary was a fulfillment of much prophecy. Mary was highly favored. We already read that in verse 27. But uh, uh, Gabriel here came to explain. And so, if you will, an angel came to explain. And uh, she was given the greatest privilege in human history to take and to give birth to the Messiah. Uh, go, if you will, and look at Hebrews chapter 10 and look at verse 5. <coughs> Hebrews 10. In verse 5, the Bible says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared me. How did he do that, folks? He did that through Mary. Go down to verse 10, and the Bible says this. He says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Folks, it wasn't just that he was born. But one of my favorite Christmas songs is Born to Die. I don't know if we'll sing it this year or not. It's in the schedule, but we'll, we'll see. How many of y'all realize this? Jesus Christ was born to die for our sin. And if you will, he had to tell Mary, he had said, listen, this, this child of yours is going to break your heart. Amen? Why? Well, not because he's a sinner, but because he is the sinless one, and he's going to bear the burden, okay? Meaning this, what? You're giving God a body. Is that what that text says? You are giving God a body. God became flesh. He was not flesh before. He became flesh. And he dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as the only begotten of God. Okay? If you will, Mary was highly favored in this. She was pure. The Bible tells us she was a virgin. And, and so, if you will, she was pure in body, soul, and spirit. She was not sinless, but she was pure. Uh, uh, but most importantly, she was also, uh, 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 if you will, pure in conscience. Amen. She had a pure conscience before the Lord. Her espoused husband, uh, if you will, uh, she had the, the rest of her life, she had to face an accusing world. Uh, we be not born of fornication. Remember they took and they threw that in Jesus' teeth. We be not born of fornication. You know what? If they knew that about a grown man, Jesus, how many of you all think they knew that when he was conceived? Amen. Hey, how did she become pregnant? Boy, the, 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 the rumor mill and everything started to circulate, if you will. 
And, uh, and if, but she had a pure conscience. She, she had to say, look, I know. I was pure. I was pure. Amen. We see here that she was pure. Uh, she knew about Jesus, if you will. And uh, anyhow, anyhow. She was going to need to have some confidence. Why? Folks, think about this. Uh, the devil loves to take and to tell lies about us, doesn't he? Go, if you will. Look at 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Okay. First John chapter 3, look at verse 19. The Bible says, And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. By the way, friend, if you're a sinner here today, you know what you can do? You can confess your sin and be cleansed and forgiven of all your sin. Aren't you glad for that? And she didn't have to do that because she knew. She was I've never known a man. There's no way that she had, her conscience was clear, amen? Now, how many of y'all uh, used to have some pretty gross sins in your life? Well, have, let's, why don't y'all come up here and tell me about them? No? <laughs> Please take this the right way. I've got some pretty bad sins in my past, all right? You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go beyond this. It's possible I might have some pretty bad sins in my future, Okay? I can stand here with a clear conscience today, though. You know why? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to... Well, Brother Mark, you used to be this. And I said, yeah, you might want to focus on that used to be. Well, you're telling me you're never tempted by that anymore? No, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm in the flesh. I still get tempted every day. Anybody else like that? He said, well, how, how can you live with a clear conscience? Because Jesus forgave me. Amen. And I'll tell you this. If you confront me, I'll just confess it to you. Well, you used to be this. Yes, I did. Yeah, that's what I used to be. I will tell you this. Jesus Christ forgave me. Well, I, 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 you thought about this. Well, yeah, okay. But you know what? I get to do immediately. Bow my head. Can I tell you one thing that used to be? And I'll just give you an illustration. I used to cuss. Okay. And uh, I remember, you got to remember, I'm a pretty fast thinker, okay? And people would be saying things, and I would have my comeback ready for them. You know what I'm talking about? Okay? The only problem is it's going on in your head, but it hadn't come out your mouth yet. Any of y'all ever had some terrible things in your head that almost came out? But immediately you went, oh, I was thinking about one time taking the Lord's name in vain, and I literally started trembling. I was just thinking about it. And I stopped, and I bowed my head, and I said, I said, Lord, please forgive me for even thinking that. You know the wonderful thing about that is I got to get up and got to say, clean conscience. Well, you're a blasphemer. Yes, I am. But you know what? I have a God in heaven who, if I'll confess it as a sin, he'll cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I can walk around with a cure. By the way, that's one reason not to be a phony, folks. If somebody points it out, say that I did that. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Because I will tell you this, God's forgiven me for it. Amen. Okay. She had a, she had a pure comment. She was highly favored for a number of reasons. Uh, and so, if you will. And she had, she, had been, she had been protected by a godly man. She had some wonderful blessings. Now, I told you that she's been abused quite a bit by human history. And I don't know how many of y'all know this, but does anybody know Mary's title in the Catholic Church? Mother. Well, Mother Mary, okay. Have you ever heard the term co-mediatrix? Have you ever heard that one? The Bible tells us in Timothy, and I always forget the, the exact, 1 Timothy 2.15 or 2 Timothy 2.15 or 2.5, anyhow. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So when the Catholic Church says there's a co-mediatrix, they say you can pray to Mary. And the reason you pray to Mary is because Jesus is angry with you at your sins. And Mary has to come in and calm him down so that he'll forgive you. 
And can I just tell you, that's absolute nonsense. Amen. Folks, they take and they said, they, they believe a number of things about her that are just simply untrue, and it's unfair to her. They, they believe that she is a divine mother. Well, folks, she is the mother of God, but she is not the God mother. You guys understand that? And, and so, if you will, some people say that she had perpetual virginity, meaning that when she had her next child, that she was a virgin. When she had her ch next child, that's nonsense. <coughs> Y'all understand, they're trying to make more of her than she is, amen. Some say that she had an immaculate conception. You guys ever seen that? A lot of churches are called Immaculate Conception Church. Anybody know what that means? That means that she had a virgin birth too. And can I just tell you this? She was not born of a virgin. She was born of a sinner, amen. But listen, uh, if you will, uh, uh, she, she did not have an immaculate conception. And by the way, she was not assumed up in God. Uh, she had her assumption. You guys ever heard of the assumption of Mary? Literally this, she didn't die. She just went to heaven. Well, folks, it's appointed unto man. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. My whole point, what is this? Folks, Mary is highly favored. But I, I tell you one thing that Mary did that always... It could apply to every one of us in this room. Would you go one last verse and we'll be done. Go to Luke chapter 2 and look at verse 19. She, she's seen some amazing things. She's, she's seen the announcement of the angels. She's, she's uh, taken and heard the testimony of Elizabeth. She's, she's taken and uh, heard what, no about what uh, Joseph told her. And, and, uh, and all these wonderful things have happened to her. And you've got to imagine for a young lady, she, listen, she's a mid-teenage girl, okay? It just had to be overwhelming to her in her mind. By the way, how many of y'all understand this book? Are there some things in here hard to be understood? Well, what should we do with that? Well, I'll tell you, we should do the same thing Mary did. This is a wonderful way to take and to end this. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 19, the Bible says this. Uh, well, I'm not going to get there in John chapter 2. Excuse me. Luke chapter 2 and verse 19. The Bible says this, But Mary kept all these things, say it with me, and pondered them in her heart. Folks, we live in a world today where a lot of people hear the wonderful things from this book and they, na, 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 na. You guys remember doing that when you were a kid? By the way, did you ever do that to your parents? <laughs> Probably be a bad idea. <laughs> No, 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 no. No, the Bible says that she heard all these things, and then what did she do? She pondered them, and she thought about them. And folks, the worst thing that you can do, especially if God is speaking to you in any way, is to not think about what God's giving you to think about. Mary, you need to think about this. You are highly favored. You know, she could have thought that that was a curse the rest of her life. People, I lost my reputation. Everybody hated me, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. She, she had to ponder and think, you know what? I am highly favored. And what a blessing it is to be used of God this way and to have these things come into my life. We were at the preacher's meeting. I appreciate the church providing for us to be able to go to the, to the pastor's couple's retreat. But... We had two testimonies of preachers that struck me. They were talking about some of the worst things that ever happened in their life. One pastor was talking about not growing up with a father, how he was always angry, not growing up with a father, until he realized it was a blessing. And you say, how could it be a blessing? I'll tell you why. Because it gave him a burden for a ministry, and he's been able to do great things for God. You all with me? And sometimes we've got to be able to take the hurts and the struggles and the pains and the challenges and be like Mary and hear them and ponder them in her heart. How many of y'all know that Mary actually had to become a believer someday? Her own children didn't believe in Jesus Christ, and they grew up in the same house. Now, they later came to faith. It doesn't, by the way, the Bible doesn't say all of them did, but the Bible does say some of them did. Praise the Lord. They still had to come to a personal faith in Jesus Christ. What is God speaking to you about? What circumstances, what scripture, whatever is the Lord doing in your life that he wants you to listen to and respond to? 
Would to God that we could learn from this, this young lady named Mary. Let's all stand if you would. Let's all stand. I think it's number 96. 462, I'm sorry, 462. 426, we're going to get there, amen. Sold. 426. Listen, think about this maybe even with what we did yesterday, but if God's touched your heart, you want to come pray. The altars are open, the invitation from him. You come as we sing.